Good morning. Good morning. We got to put a little bass in your voice. I know, right? It's good to see everybody here this morning. I waited just a couple of more minutes because people kept coming in the back door, the front door, which is a good thing. Uh, and Miss Phyllis, I believe. If everybody, let's please stand and sing our opening hymn. Um, hymn 176, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. was sticking to my hymnal. Uh, good morning. morning. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. A beautiful Sunday morning. Um, if you remember the first of the week and the end of last week, it was cold. This is North Carolina weather. Just wait. It'll be different tomorrow. We'll be good. <laughs> but December and no coats, we're good. Uh, Birthdays and anniversaries uh, on the 5th, which is Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to try to, ha, Courtney, help me. Yep. Hunt has a birthday. There she is. She popped up. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> and then uh, John Garner has one on the 6th. So if you two will please stand, we will sing happy birthday to you. There you go. John, you going to stand or you going to sit? The 16th, okay. Well, you you can we'll sing it to you twice. But <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. 
<laughs> I hope y'all have many more. Everybody, please, let's stand and sing Hymn 179, Angels from the Realms of Glory. go to the Lord in prayer. Hey, Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you for the mercies and the blessings uh, that you bestowed upon us. Lord, I ask you to open this season up to us. We enter the season, Lord, when it's the time that we celebrate your birth and the ramifications of that. Lord, I just ask you to bless this assembly today. Lord, may all that we do here be pleasing to you. Lord, I ask you to open our hearts and our minds so that we can worship you freely. Lord, forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hi, announcements and uh, praises and prayer requests. We got a lot of announcements. Angel Tree, attach the name on the wrapped gift and place it under the tree by December the 17th. I don't think there are any angels left on the tree. No? Okay. So if you have one, buy the gift with what's on there and put that angel on the outside where we can read the name. All right? Memory ornaments. Uh, Place an ornament on the tree in memory of a loved one. Uh, they will be kept and placed on the tree every Christmas. This has been going on for a while, and uh, it is a beautiful tree. It's a memory tree. Uh, when you can go over there and you look at the, the ornament that you put in there uh, to remember your loved one. 
and it'll keep them boxed up and then next Christmas they'll add to it or if you want you know they're going to keep them here but if you can put anybody on there in memory of um and uh I think it's a, it's a it's a great thing I've seen the ornaments grow from hardly nothing to what it is now and we got a whole side over here that can use some not saying that nobody needs to go and die I'm just saying that we we got a side that we got room <laughs> uh, um we have a coat drive we're collecting gently used uh coats for the winter uh our winter items a collection box is in the fellowship hall uh the deadline is december the 20th uh, financial donations are welcome at the sandhillcoalition.org uh to see the flyer there's a flyer somewhere around here well here's one right here and uh this will explain it all i'm gonna set it huh yeah, well, there's a flyer, and there's the, I'm going to set them right there, and uh, you can come by, and you can get that one, I'll make copies. Oh, okay, thank you. All right, uh, school supplies, we're also collecting school supplies for children in need. Um, we do it every year at the beginning of the year, and when we get to the this time of the year at Christmas break, when the teachers come back, they don't have the notebooks and the pencils and the pens that they had in the beginning of the year. So there, I'm sure there is a collection box out there for that. Just put them on the table. All right. Uh, Wednesday evening Christmas program practice. Participants meet in the sanctuary. Now, this Wednesday, we have a business meeting. And we will be in the Sunday school room back here. And we'll take care of the business meeting, and then we will, the kids can practice in here. That way, they know, they know the timing of where they're going to be and where they got to stop at and what they got to do. Uh, and so all the children, if you're interested or you want to be a part of it, please show up Wednesday night. Uh, yes, if you, have, if you have a copy of the script, bring your script, okay? And if you weren't here at the beginning, come on now. Uh, this Wednesday will be a great time to get involved. Um, December the 5th at 6 p.m. is the men's and ladies circle dinner. Um, it'll be in the fellowship hall. The ladies are, are, are asked to bring a gift of, I think there was a dollar amount of $15, right? Yep, okay. And, and they'll swap gifts. Are they drawed names or something? I don't know. I just knew that there was one point they had to have a gift. Men, you ain't got to bring nothing but an appetite. <laughs> and what we'll do is we'll go in there and we'll eat and then they will run us out. And then we'll go back here and we'll stay back here until they come tell us to clean up. Uh, December the 6th at 7 o'clock is our annual business meeting. Uh, we will have the approval of the budget and the nominations and any other business that we need to tie up for the rest of the year. Uh, and I know the moderator has been helping with the play practice, but the moderator is going to be in the back back here Wednesday. Uh, December the 15th, Friday at 11 o'clock, we'll meet in the fellowship hall to fill the treat bags. Old-timey treat bags. Love them. Uh, and they'll meet and they'll put all the goodies in it. And then on Sunday the uh, 17th at 11 a.m., the Christmas program will go here uh, for our worship service that Sunday. There will be no Sunday school, and a meal will follow. And at some point in time, you'll get one of them treat bags. 
And it's, I'm not even going to tell you what's in it. You just need to come and get it. Um, the, oh, yes, and the meal will be catered. Cool. Amen. Amen. Uh, December the 18th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, will be a Christmas concert here in the sanctuary uh, by the homeschoolers and the refreshments afterwards. Um, who uh, are we doing for freshmen? You. I was going to sign up. Okay. 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 All right. There's going to be a sign-up sheet. Sign up. Um, December the twenty-fourth, Christmas Eve. We'll have a normal church service, except it'll be a baptismal service. If you feel the need to be baptized because you've accepted Christ, hey. We'll baptize you. If you want to rededicate your life and be rebaptized, we'll do it. If you have been sprinkled but never in, by immersion, you need to come and be baptized. Because you can't come up out of a sprinkler. You can only come up out of the water. And Jesus was baptized in the river. So follow him in obedience. And, and just for a quick little note, I did a study when I was in school and I had baptism and the reason sprinkling came about was because people were dying of influenza during the dark ages and so they would sprinkle them during the winter and when the spring come and the thaw went and the water got warm then they would baptize them it was a holdover it was a holdover they didn't really need to be held over because the thief on the cross never was baptized but he didn't have an opportunity to and we do we have an opportunity by obedience to follow Christ in baptism now, um, that is all the announcements I have on my bulletin, or are there any others? Okay, praises and prayer requests. Um, continue to pray for the Bill Evans family. Uh, he was laid to rest yesterday. Um, so continue to lift. That's Donna uh, Evans' husband's family. And so pray for them. Um, also... Uh, Continue to pray. I want to add Deanna Stockwell to the prayer list. Deanna had a catheterization uh, Friday morning. I think that's the same morning that uh, uh, Joe had his. And so Deanna got to go home. Uh, they're changing her blood pressure medicine. So keep her in your prayers. Also, Joe Kiger. Keep Joe in your prayers. Joe is the son-in-law of Robert and uh, Diane. And Joe had triple bypass surgery. And so we need to lift him up in your prayers. Uh, he's got a road to go to travel for recovery. So uh, lift them up. And if they can be of any help, I will let you know if they need anything. Uh, are there any other updates and additions? Uh, Miss Karen Martin. Miss Karen is back at... at uh, Quail Haven. She was taken to the hospital. Uh, she tested positive for COVID and now she's doing her quarantine. I think she said Thursday she should be ready to get out and about. I think that's correct what she told me. Uh, so keep her in your prayers. Are there any others? John? Right. Back home is treated for dehydration. Amen. And it's uh, doing better. That's a praise. 
tree, all the angels were taken from our tree, and then uh, praise for our Christmas trees. Um, and then um, we need to pray for Canera Briscoe. She's having some problems with her legs swelling. Uh, um, and then we need to uh, pray for the Brenda Fry family. I'm not sure. Brenda Fry passed away. So we need to be in prayer for the Fry family. And then uh, one more. And that's uh, Alberta. Um, Nichols. Okay. Any others? And who? Roger and Ann. Also, James and Terry. Uh, they're going to be. They're on a fluke for two weeks. Uh, yes, sir. Prayers for my family who are traveling. My daughter Lana's in Europe, and she gets back on the 12th. Okay. And then uh, my wife Yvonne, daughter Christine, sons Richie and Philip are traveling back from South Carolina. Okay. Right. And then a phrase. I told you about my son Richie who plays violin for us, right? right. He got selected for the North Carolina All Star team, mm -hmm. which they beat Virginia. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> He almost immediately got selected for the national team. Okay. He's going to be in the national all-star team. They're going to play the 16th of December in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I know where that's at. <laughs> JR is supposed to go there in June and play in an all-star tournament in June. Football. So, so yes. Prayers for, yep. for his protection. Amen. Because there's a lot of big boys. Yeah. 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 Amen. Um, go ahead. They did a wonderful job. Kathleen. Um, I want to thank you for your prayers for we have Sherry Lubinville, my close friend that lives in California. She had a, a heart surgery this week. She's her husband texted and said she's doing better. So thank you. Please continue to pray for Sherry. And JC Savage is the young father of the ones. He had surgery this week, so far so good. And I also have a praise for our wonderful piano player there. Any others? Yes, ma'am. I have an update on little Rowan, Libby and Ramsey's uh, granddaughter, five right. years old. After over three months in a coma, she came out of the coma. Uh, Amen. Um, she has to relearn how to speak and walk, <coughs> and she's now um, able to lift herself up from the bed, and she's look, sounds like she's talking. She's making noises Amen. and responding, in a, in a, but not quite words, and um, she can hold her head up. And, Amen. So she's making, please keep her in repair. Yeah. She still has that brain tumor. Right. Surgery didn't work. Uh, and they want to start chemotherapy hours. So she really needs our, our, our prayers. And the mother, Sarah, as well, who's really struggling. 
She's missed three months of work as well. Amen. Amen. Need some real prayer. Amen. Thank you. See, that's the great thing about this church. And, and I, I, I'm not saying there's not anything great about the other church, but this church. When people are sick and people come here and they ask us to pray for them, they get well. God heals them. And it's all because of his glory and your faithfulness in intercession and prayer. Pray for the lost as hard as we pray for the sick because they're just as sick. They have a terminal disease that if they die before they get to know who Jesus Christ is, they're going to spend eternity in hell. They're going to spend eternity in hell. And it doesn't get any simpler than that. Any other? Uh, here, I got a praise and a prayer request. Go piggybacking on what you just said. Praise God from whom all things flow. Uh, and with that said, too, pray for our community. There are so many people in our community that have not come to Jesus yet. Pray that God will draw near and they'd open the door and let him in. Amen. 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 Any other? Let's go to Lord and oh, Miss Sandy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to come together and to, and to share our concerns and, Lord, to share our praises. And, uh, Lord, we ask you to, to continue to put your hand upon these people on the prayer list, each and every one. Lord, you know the situation. You know the circumstances. Lord, we just give you praise and glory for the honor and honor for what you've done and that you're going to continue to do. Lord, we just love you. Those that are facing uh, loved ones that have, are grieving, Lord, wrap your arms around them. Let them feel your presence, Lord. You're the only one who can heal a broken heart. You're the only one who can walk with them through the valley of grief and understand their concerns understand where they're at lord let them follow you let them grab your hand and walk with you through that dark valley and come out the other side lord praising you because you were there lord i ask you to give us the ability to to come alongside our brothers and sisters in christ and those who aren't even in christ that are struggling give us the ability lord to, to show them who you are through us Lord, I love you. I praise you for this congregation. I praise you, Lord, for what you're going to do this season and what you're going to do next year. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you've already done up to this point. God, we love you. We stand in awe of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If everybody please, let's stand and sing. Lift up our voices for our offertory hymn, 184, Angels We Have Heard on High.
the young people in this church, Lord, they stand up and help out. And we just, we love them for that. And I just thank you for the first responders, police officers, Lord. Just bring them home safe at night, Lord, though. Just touch them, help them do their job, Lord. Put our leaders on their knees, Lord, and let them come to you for all their answers. And we just, you use this money as you see fit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, once again, good morning. Um, if you see me up here rubbing my head or whatever, it's hot. Uh, and that's, just, that's okay. It's June. No, I'm sorry. It's December. <laughs> A little play on words there. Uh, I've been studying about this time of the year, about all the prophecies that we have about the coming of the Savior, uh, everything from when it was first mentioned to, to the virgin birth, uh, and then we'll on into the, his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, and it hit me, it hit me while I was studying that uh, I've been looking at it the wrong way. You know, I was looking at it as I want to see the person they're talking about rather than God protecting the seed that would bring the Savior. And so I'm going to go at it. Try to bear with me. I could spend hours upon hours on this, but I've tried to condense it down for about a 20 minute. And so uh, I'm going to give you the condensed, the condensed version of my Bible study. Uh, we're going to start out in Genesis uh, chapter 3. Um, see, man has persistent in sin and rebellion against God, uh, and it's contrasted against uh, God's presence, and it's contrasted against God's promise of salvation, and it's contrasted against God's present provision and protection, assuming the promise will be fulfilled. And God's, the, the, the contrast against God's uh, preparation for that which was promised. That's a lot there. I mean, that's a lot. Theologically, this is, this is up there. Uh, country boy news is, look, God said he's going to do this, this, and this, and is it going to happen? And what does he have to do to make it happen? And so, uh, we're going to get the country version today. Um, in chapter 3 uh, uh, of uh, Genesis, it talks about the, the fall of man. The serpent, you know, he, uh, he enticed the woman. And what happened was the man was standing there and let it happen. And so we, go, we know that whole story. They ate. She ate the fruit. And 
And then she gave it to her husband and he ate it. And then when God came in the cool in the evening to walk with him where he'd been walking and spending time with them, uh, they hid themselves. And they asked him where they were at. And he said, we hid ourselves. Why did you hide yourself? Because we're naked. Who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree I forbid you to eat from? Yep. I mean, you know, that's, uh, it's like a parent talking to a teenager. Why did you do this? Oh, no. And so, did you do that? Yep. No volunteered information. Why did you do that? Here it is. The woman you gave me calls me to eat that fruit. So it's your fault. He's telling God it's your fault because I eat this that you told me not to eat. How many kids have we talked to today, up till today, that's done something wrong and you say, why did you do this? Well, so-and-so did this. Taking the blame off, wanting to put it somewhere else rather than accept the responsibility that they did that. But because they did that, we inherited that mess. So Adam and Eve left us with an inheritance that will cost us our lives. Because if they had not ate that, we would still be living in the Garden of Eden happily ever after. But that didn't happen. And then... God had to kill something to clothe it. So he had to be covered in blood. And he told Adam that he would keep him out of the garden unless he eat from the tree of mortality. Or immortality, excuse me. And uh, he would be like a God. Set angels to keep them out. Ladies who had been having pain during childbirth and the, what happened later what happened later number two son killed number one son or vice versa murder see death had never happened up until they bit the fruit and so God decided he had to protect the seed of Adam going forward and so think about this in chapter 3 God dealt with Adam and Eve and Satan. He laid it down for them that they would do this and, and unto Adam also and unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Had something had to die, blood had to be shed so that they could be covered. And then he removed them from the garden and he uh, told the serpent that he would crawl in the dust all the days of his life and eventually that, the, that he would bruise the heel of the Savior and the Savior would bruise his head. And then you would go on and the next thing we get to is the, the Noah covenant. In Genesis 8, 20 and 9, 7. And so if you turn over to 8, 20, you know, it's uh, God gave Noah a plan. We knew the world was sinful from the time of Adam until the time of Noah. Debauchery and everything increased a hundredfold. It was a nasty place to live. Kind of looks like today. Kind of looks like today. Solomon Gomorrah was a speck compared to what's going on today. 
The only reason that there's not been fire and brimstone rain down from heaven yet is because God has removed his hand from our country. That's the only reason. And it's getting closer and closer. The Satan knows his days are numbered. He's walking around today out in the open. He don't care. He thinks he's one. But in every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man, cattle, and creepy things, and the fowl of heaven, and uh, they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah, only remnant alive, and they that were with him in the ark. He built that ark, which I talked about over a couple of weeks, by the specs of God and was obedient to God. It took him 120 years. And when he set out to build that ark, God told him, in 120 years, it's what you got. Preach the gospel. And Noah preached every day that he worked on that ark. All the workers that come to help him build it, he preached to them. And out of all of that, 120-some years, eight people were found worthy. And then he gathered all seven of every kind of animal, male and female, seven babies and put them on the ark. He didn't put full-grown giraffes and elephants and all them on the ark. Babies, they're going to be on there for a year. And they, it rained. And the water come up from the ground. Think about that. Think about that. God protected the seed for the salvation that we have through Noah. And Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Most of us here today and here, we can court our lineage back to Japheth. Japheth was the one who went to the boot. This was after the Tower of Babel. And we'll get to that too maybe if I have time. They were so arrogant and so persistent in the fact that they knew better than God. They were going to build a great city and they did. And they were going to build a tower all the way to heaven so that they would become God. How arrogant do you have to be? You know who the leader of that was? Dude named Nimrod. Yeah. You ever heard that term before? You young people probably have it. But I can remember hearing my, uh, my elders call somebody Nimrod. It wasn't a term of endearment. Kind of like southern ladies saying, bless your heart. <laughs> Not a term of endearment. And so all of this is moving on. Protecting the seed, he scattered them. And then we get to the Abrahamic covenant. And this is in Genesis 12, 1 and 3. And we know what's going on there. You know, God tells him in, in verse 1, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. What's in the news today? What's going on? The land that God showed Abraham is being attacked. 
And you have, when you boil it down, you have two families going at it. Two family members. The Ishmaelites are fighting their brothers. Who stole Ishmael's blessing? You can answer, it's fine. That's who's fighting today. That's who's fighting today, the Ishmaelites. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. He made a covenant with Abraham to protect the seed. He told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Your descendants are going to be as innumerable as the sands of the sea. And then you have the Mosaic Covenant. Because we know how all this turned out. They wound up being, God spared them, took them into Egypt. They were taken care of during the biggest drought and plagues that was going on at the time before they became slaves in Egypt. And they were there some 500 years or better. And the new Pharaoh uh, thought that he was on them. And for all practical purposes, he did. But then it come time for them to leave. And Moses led them out. Led them out of Egypt and into the promised land, which wound up taking them 40 years to get there. And, and the reason is, if you think about it, it only took one day. For God to get Israel out of Egypt. And it took 40 years for God to get Egypt out of Israel. That's why they wandered in the desert. They were being disobedient to God. They were worshiping cows and, the, and all, making false idols and all this. And it took 40 years for that whole generation to die off. And Moses made a mistake. We know that. And the mistake cost him the fact that he could see it but not enter it. Protecting the seed of the covenant. And we figured about some of these along the way. Esther. Esther saved the whole Hebrew race that Haman had gone after through deceit and decrees. We forget about Boaz and Ruth, who without them, we wouldn't have the line of Jesus. He's protecting the seed, the seed. Now, we're going to get to it later on in the week or next week. We're going to get to where we find out about the prophecies of Christ coming. Every Christmas we do this. But these are the things that come down through the years that, that we don't talk about. We don't talk about these things. God protecting the seed. He made a covenant with them that their seed would flourish. The seed would be powerful. The seed would rule the world. The seed created the world. And then from there we get the Davidic covenant. We remember that. What a great person 
and character person that David was. I mean, what all did David do? He stole the showbread from the altar to feed his guys. He had an affair with a woman and had the guy murdered. That affair produced a baby. The baby died. Caused David to repent and give his life to God again. Which teaches us that just because we fail doesn't mean it's over. We have a God who loves us and he is dedicated to us when we truly, truly repent and give ourselves to him. He was upset because he was living in a castle and said, my God doesn't have a place but a tent. I will build him a temple. And God told him, no, you'll get all the supplies and your son will build the temple because you have blood on your hand. And then his son comes along and he's one of the smartest men that ever walked the face of the earth. Or the Bible says the wisest man ever. So as smart as the Bill Gates and, and, and Bezos and all them think they are, they're nothing compared to King Solomon. King Solomon. Prayed for wisdom and God gave it to him. Most of the folks today that are intelligent like that and are blessed like that, Think they did it on their own and they think that they are their own provision I know most of them they're their own perversion and so we get down to the one thing which the Old Testament made abundantly clear was the sinfulness of men all men and thus the impossibility of overthrowing sin and Satan by a mere man it is impossible it has been tried through the, since the Garden of Eden, and it has failed. Mortal man cannot overthrow sin and Satan. This can't do it. The law did not remedy the problems of sin, but merely re restrained and removed sinners. Sin was still there. The law is the day. Sin is still here. And I'll be honest with you. I have sinned today on my way to church. And I ask God to forgive me. And he has. I try. I try hard not to sin, but I can never do that. And that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. He tells me to be holy, for I am holy. Who lives in me? He does. I have the ability to be almost perfect. But until I die and put on the, un the incorruptible, I will always have the sin nature in me. And sin was such that the law sometimes was perverted to become an excuse. Have we ever used the Bible to justify our sins and our actions? They have a new version out. You can get it on eBay. It's written in plain English. It's called the Cherry Pickers Bible. You can pull a verse to teach it and it'll use it any way you want to. They won't put it in context. It's just verses listed by things I want to cover. And sin was such that the law sometimes perverted to become an excuse, even a mandate for sin. 
Think about the 600 and some additional regulations that the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes added to the Hebrew nation. Some of them were terrible. They had a sect called the bloody-headed Pharisees. You've heard me talk about this. They were so strict that they might look, rather than be accused of looking at a woman, they watched, they looked at their feet wherever they went. So much so that they would get to moving at a certain pace, run into a wall and bust their head open. They called them the bloody-headed Pharisees. And you ever heard of that? Heaping coals on a man's head? If you were caught being untrue, there was a hat that they had, and it had like a, a Weber fire starter, a charcoal starter on the top. And you tied it around your head and they've made you walk around with that thing smoking all day to let everybody know that you were wrong and you had false, false witnesses and all this. And it was a literal hat. That's why when they say when they heap fires, uh, coals of fire on your head, there was a hat. looked like a stovepipe. And it had a brim on it like Jethro Bodine's double knot spy hat. And it was hot. Think about this. You're walking around in Israel in the summer with a charcoal grill on top of your head. It's hot. And it becomes very clear when the teachings and the practices of the scribes and the Pharisees, which they thought were based on the law, become their excuse for sin. And even for the rejection and crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. They thought they were being obedient to God by killing God. Kind of like people talking about tithing. Pastor, I can't tithe until I get a pay raise. And then I can afford to tithe. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's like, it's like, Pastor, I'm, I'm entwined in adultery. But I can't get out of adultery until my wife finds out. So you're going to stay in sin and hoping sin's going to make you non-sinful? Come on. Come on. Even a good old country boy like me understands they ain't going to work. Brethren, I'm going to tell you, God protected the seed all the way down to the birth of Jesus Christ. And he used normal, everyday people like you and I. These stories we read in the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, these people were real. They're just as real as you and I are. They live, breathe, eat. Sinned, confessed, just like you and I do. Those that rejected Jesus, they lived at the time that he was alive. They seen him and rejected him. What did he tell us? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's us. And we have people sitting in the pews today across America who do not believe Jesus Christ is who he says he is. They've made a head decision. They've walked the aisle. They've given their life to Christ 
in their head. They've been baptized. They serve on committees. Some stand in pulpits across America and they have not a relationship with Jesus Christ. They have not. And if you want to know how to check, and I'm going to, I'm going to show you out of today's reasoning how to check. Have you ever seen an apple tree tell you that it was a lemon tree? That apple tree can say it's a lemon tree all day long until you decide to go get some lemons to make lemonade. And you grab those lemons off that apple tree and you squeeze them and squeeze them and squeeze them and what do you wind up with? Apple juice. See, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You will know the tree by its fruits. You will know a Christian by their fruit. If they are not producing the fruits of the Spirit, it didn't take or they never had it. They might need to check themselves. They might need to really examine who they are and what God they're serving. And when you have people come before you and tell you, Pastor, the Holy Spirit told me this. And it contradicts the word of God. It will tell you, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you heard a spirit, I can assure you it's not holy because the Holy Spirit will never, ever contradict the word of God. And that just goes to prove that the people that we battle are not flesh and blood. They're spirits and principalities. Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations today. Even though it is only a man's covenant that he made with Noah and Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses and David and so on down the line when it has been ratified no one sets it aside or adds condition to it now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed and he does not say and to seeds as referring to many but rather to one and to your seed. And according to Galatians chapter 3 verses 15 and 16 that seed is Jesus Christ. So we're celebrating Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ the Savior of the universe. The one who was prophesied from time of old to today. The one and only way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. No other road leads you to heaven and the true God other than Jesus Christ. And I'm going to do the country boy thing again. The only way to God is through God. Jesus Christ is God. He came down and put on the likeness of man. Totally divine. 100%. 100% man. He understands us better than he ever had. Not that he needed to understand us anymore. He created us. He walked among us. He died freely to take away my sin. The wretched person that I am, he died for me and gave me a promise that I would confess him as my Lord and Savior with my mouth 
that I would have eternal life. I have eternal life. I know where I'm going to spend my eternity. I'm going to spend my eternity in the presence of God Almighty. Not by what Jerry did, but because of what Christ did on the cross for me. And here's the other thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake some people up. When Jesus was coming down the road, walking toward John the Baptist, who was called and ordained to be the forerunner and the announcer of the coming Messiah, said, Behold, here comes the Christ who takes away the sin of the world. If you are alive, or ever have been, or ever will be, he came to take away not only my sin, but your sin. It is not an exclusive club unless you reject him. And no, he's not going to overlook this, and he's not going to overlook that. It is a strict path. And I'll give you one more example, and then I'm going to give a, a, a final and close. I used to listen to rock and roll. I like it. I like the beat because that's what I come up with. And there are two songs that will tell you about what you need to know about salvation and, and, and eternity. ACDC had a song that was Highway to Hell. And I believe it was what? Led Zeppelin that had Stairway to Heaven. That tells you about the amount of traffic they're expecting. Now you got a choice. You can get in that car and you can ride down the highway to hell singing, yeah. Or you can grease up your knees and take the stairway to heaven. The choice is yours. Mama can't do it. Daddy can't do it. Grandpa and Grandma can't do it. Uncles and aunts and people that live before you and people that are going to live after you can't do it for you. It is a personal decision that you personally have to make with Jesus Christ, period. Jesus did all the work. All you have to do is admit and accept a free gift. Most folks will accept the gift. They will admit, but they will never open the box. What good is the gift if you won't unwrap it? So today, if you're here and you're not sure, if you're not 100% sure that you're going to heaven, I wouldn't wait another minute. I'd come to this altar and I'd give my life to Christ. And if you're here today and you've been going to church for 100 years and you're still not sure where you're going, today is the day that I would come and give my life to Christ and clear all that up and take that worry off of me. If you're dragging bags that you're not good enough, if you're dragging bondage and things that, oh, well, I've done this, he can never forgive me. Let me tell you something. There is no sin under the face of this earth that he won't forget other than knowing who he is and rejecting him outright after you know what he's done and who he is. That is the unpardonable sin. Anything under that, he will forgive you for, welcome you with open arms, and give you a new heart, a new life. And it begins today. The moment that you accept Jesus Christ, you become a new creature. You are the first miracle that you will experience. He tells you in his word. And then the rest of us, it's our responsibility to come alongside y'all and walk you to maturity in Christ so that you can come alongside somebody else. 
that when somebody says something that's not right about the Bible, you can stand up, wait a minute. Wait a minute, that's not so. That's not exactly how it goes. If you're going to do this, you need to put it in the context that it belongs in. I'm going to give one example and I'm through. I can stay here all day. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. I will be in the midst of them. If you take it and put it in the context, it's in 1 Corinthians. He was talking about going to an Aaron brother and taking a witness with you. So that you can come back and hopefully convince this brother to turn from his wicked ways back to the God that he was serving. You don't have to have two or three together for God to answer your prayer. When the veil was rent, you have access straight to God as a child of his. That is a misquote. One of the biggest misquoted ones. The two or three, put it in the context it belongs in. That is when people are going to visit people who are with outside the church, who have slipped away, backslidden. That's what that's talking about. Just know that I'll be in the midst of you. Why do you think a pastor and a deacon or a pastor and somebody comes to see you? Because we're two or three are gathered. He's in the midst of us. Biblically speaking, and when the pastor comes to see you like that, you don't think you've done something wrong. You might not have. We're just coming to visit. Now, if I come, you don't have to cook nothing. I'm okay. I'm a big guy. I'll survive. But today is the day. The kingdom of heaven is near. And just like God sealed the door to the ark, one day he's going to seal the door to salvation and you're going to be out. And if you die before you make that decision, you are already out for eternity. I don't know how much clearer to make it and how much plainer. But the altar is open today and it's welcoming you. God is calling. Do you hear it? And if you're sitting here and you're uncomfortable and you're squirming, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be all right because I don't want to become the providence of God. That's you and God. You need to deal with it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you that not one soul leaves here. I thank you, Lord, for protecting the seed. I thank you, Lord, for giving us the ability to see that you have protected the seed down through the ages and that you have made it possible for us to approach you boldly and fearfully. God, we love you. And we don't understand all the ramifications that you went through to bring us to you. But help us come to understand that our obligation is to you out of love to expand your kingdom for your glory and not a man's glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's hot. <laughs>